Go. The Huskies took care of business on the first two nights of the Diamond Head Classic in Hawaii. On Christmas Day, the dogs look like the better team for the first half, looking like they might coast to the championship. Inefficiencies on the offensive end led to a cougar comeback that denied the Huskies the sweep of the tournament. As the calendar changes to the new year, the attention shifts to the conference play, starting with the Southern California schools coming to heck in. This is Husky Hardcourt from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven. I'm Jake. I'm Trevor. I'm Noah. And we are like Bubbles, Blossom, oh, and God. Buttercup. Noah, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> Come on, it's one of my favorite cartoons <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> Girl, man, stop it. It was always on at breakfast. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's also what you changed hey. our text chain to. <laughs> no, nah, for a fact. Don't worry. Next next week is going to be a diff- something, something different. So That's good. fantastic. Okay, well, keep it fresh. At keep least it, you got it this it. time. You you gave us a text message change of and the people that you knew their name. <laughs> no, yeah, for a fact. Most definitely. <laughs> Did you guys ever like most sympathize definitely. with the guy that loves meat a lot? I always sympathize with him. Me too. Most definitely. Never- Never watched it. Have um, no idea what you're talking about. Wish. So the Huskies drop a bad one against Houston, leading the whole first half, comfortable lead, seven to nine points. Trevor, give me your take. You know, it it's really easy to focus on that last second half because it was such a bummer because it looked like Washington was going to coast to the win. They had him in that seven to nine point cushion for most of that first half. Whenever Houston was able to go on a little run, Washington was able to answer. Isaiah Stewart was absolutely unstoppable. And in the first half, Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jaden McDaniels in the first half looked really, really good. It all kind of crumbled in that second half. Inconsistencies in shooting. And I know they shoot a lot. Like, I, I Coach Hop loves to shoot during practice. Like, I know they shoot a lot. But I think that's going to come into conference play. That's going to really, that's going to really be a problem because teams are just going to take Isaiah out the game and make somebody else beat them. And that's by shooting the ball and uh, they got to make shots. It's interesting you say that because to me, it looks the way the offense runs is through Isaiah Stewart. And if Isaiah Stewart either gets in foul trouble or is having a bad day, this offense is absolutely toast because there's nobody that can take the reins over for Isaiah Stewart as the bell cow of that offense. I can understand because, I mean, this is what Coach Hop had me for two years, and then after me he had another big guy that is a guy that forces a double team that makes it easier for other guys to score. And that's like an easy way to get easy shots because once, you know, when you double the post and you kick it out, then then the other team's in rotation situation, and then, like, it's, you know, shot fake, dribble, and then now they're running after you and chasing you. And so, like, I, you know, I can understand it, but yeah, you're right. A bunch of things might have to change coming conference break because, you know, all the scouting and stuff, all the scouting that they do and the way they're going to take the Huskies out, the, out their offense, take Isaiah out the game, uh, somebody does have to step up. So how do they get McDaniels more incorporated into this offense then? Because it seems to me like he would be the next man up. See, that's, that's a tough question. He's such a great one-on-one player, and he can really pass the ball. Like, he, he has some beautiful passes to Isaiah with him it's hard like I, I wouldn't necessarily know exactly exactly where to put him because like he's so good off the bouncing off the dribble he could be really good in the pinch post area because of how he's so he's really really good in the mid range he likes yeah. to face up he has he's really quick his jabs are, are 
are, are amazing, but he's not the biggest and the strongest type of guy to actually be on the block, you know? So I think the pinch post for him would be a great place to be. Yeah, super athletic and long, too. One dribble to the rim. Right. And I feel like on the positive side for McDaniels, especially the bigs, they've really come to recognize that if if he gets if he's able to penetrate and their defender comes over, he has really, really creative ways of getting them the ball. And I thought at the beginning of the year there were some fumbled passes that were easy layups that were missed because I frankly I don't think those guys were ready for it. And I don't necessarily mean Isaiah Stewart as much, but I saw Timmons have a little bit of trouble catching some of his passes uh, and even right. And I think that they're getting used to that. But the question is, how do we make sure that he stays in the flow of the, of the offense? Because frankly, in that game, he was starting to have one of those dominant games like he did in, uh, against Ball State. But at the end of the game, you look at the box score and he only put up seven shots. We need to make that like 12, 13. Yeah, absolutely. We need to hit him aggressive because, you know, you never know when he'll get hot. He beat me, what, 11-3, 11 one on He was killing me. Oh, my gosh. Him being aggressive helps 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 everybody else out on the court because dudes are going to start eyeing him because, oh, he's trying to get to the basket. Okay, uh, let me help off. Boom, somebody else gets an open shot like just him being aggressive changes everything on offense. Yeah, and I think it's important for Stewart as well because it, it would take some of the focal point off of Stewart. You know, it, it, uh, there's yeah. such a, a magnifying glass on him right now. As, as soon as he touches the ball, everybody's watching. If McDaniels ends up shooting more and taking some of that load off of him, then they can't just focus on Stewart yeah. and it opens him exactly. up. Exactly. Exactly. I think twice about double. Exactly. So there's a lot of hate going on on Hamir right now uh, on social media. And I don't know if you've seen it. Trevor, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Go ahead and take this one. Yeah. So uh, Hamir Wright has been one of those glue guys that you just see every really quality college basketball team has a guy like him that's really good on the defensive side and can hit a jumper. Um, and just some of the stuff that I've seen over the last few days and, and really through this year about Hamir Wright has, has been uh, frankly disappointing and a little troubling because I think that Hamir Wright brings a specific skill set to this team. And it's really that hard nosed defensive guy that alters a lot of shots and can hit an outside jumper. Now, Noah, he was your teammate for two years, and he's been on the court. He's been a part of some major wins. What do you think is going on, and what do you want to say to those fans who are, are spewing some some garbage towards Hamir Wright? Yeah, well, first off, I wouldn't necessarily call them fans at that point. Um, my man, like I said, Hamir is a reason why Hamir plays. You know what I mean? You guys aren't coach. You know, like they're they're not co- fans are not coaches. There's a reason why he's in the game. You know, there's a reason why there's fifteen. Well, Coach Hop is like twenty guys on the team. There's a reason why Hamir's on starting starts. You know what I mean? And there's a reason why he started last year. Too. You know, there's, there's reasons for reasons why. You know, my man Hamir can shoot the ball. He can shoot it. He is off right now. It happens to the best of dudes in the NBA can go months with uh, without hitting shots, hitting threes. You saw Grant Williams for the Celtics was like 0 for 25 from three before he finally started making some threes. My man can shoot. Is the reason why the coaches don't tell him, don't ever tell him not to shoot. My man over the summertime beat me 12 to two, and then one on one just off a straight three. He hit 12, 12 straight threes on me. Like my man can shoot the ball. He plays crazy deep. 
he can pass the ball. I'm, you know, like it's like I, I don't like I said, this wouldn't be an issue if they won the game. You know, like people wouldn't be saying nothing if they won the game. They, they lost the game. It is what it is. You know, it is what it is. But like the the, the come out and just say, nah, my man Hamir is one of the hardest working guys I know. He uh, my man can shoot the ball. He's he's everywhere. He's active on defense. Changes like you said, changes shots, like rebounds the ball. Like he can pass the ball, high low pass, and he can shoot. He's off right now. It is what it is. He'll be fine. It's long year, long season. We got till March. I wouldn't necessarily call them fans. Like, yeah, they're. I mean, he's still what? He's twenty years old. Right, college kid. And that's a really good point too, because you know, know, by the time now reaches March, he will have gotten hot and cold again, and probably hot again by the time March comes around. So you know. It's such a long season, man, you know, and so you got to give it's early. We lost the championship in the, in the diamond diamond head classic. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. A a win would have looked a lot better on a resume, but at the end of the day, it's just, that's just preseason basketball. Yeah. And I think that like when it comes to some of the stuff that we see is here on this podcast, all three of us are going to be critical at points with some things that are going on. Uh, But to say that he's trash or he shouldn't shoot the ball, I I think is pretty ignorant from a fan's perspective. Exactly. Cause there's a reason why coach hop doesn't do anything. That's a great point. (laughs) Great point. There's a reason why you see all the coaches stand, you know, like there's a reason why nobody says anything. I know if he ever gets subbed out, he misses a couple, two couple, a couple jump shots. I know when he sits down on the bench, I know who's just two people in his ear. Coach Dollar and Coach Carmine tell him, hey, hey, if you get another open look, shoot it, knock it down. I know. The team knows. The coaching staff knows. It's not going in right now. It is what it is. It's the reason why he still shoots it, though. He's wide open. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows he can shoot. And, you know, maybe it might be in his head right now. Who knows? Because I, I call him and, I, you know, I talk to him about it. Like, a little <laughs> trash talk about it. But, like. There was a big difference in the shot selection from the first half of the game to the second half of the game. In the first half of the game, it seemed like there was a lot of rhythm to open shots to, you know, a lot of a lot of inside-out basketball where Stewart has the ball and finds an open guy on the outside. And then the second half, it seemed like there was just a lot of forced-up shots. Uh, Houston starts crawling back in the game, and it seems kind of like all hell breaks loose. Why don't you go ahead and talk about that a little bit, Trev? The ball stopped moving, and what you, you kind of hit it, right? The ball stopped moving through the post. I feel like this team is so close to being really good, right? So there's just a few little changes that I think that Washington needs to make in some of their mentality to really turn them into that team that we know they can be. And, and I think it's going to be really important to figure out how to get Jaden McDaniels in there. Because sometimes, at least in the second half, I felt like he kind of disappeared from the offense. Just, you know, this is from a total outsider's perspective. But Jaden McDaniels is he's a very even keel kind of a uh, look to him. And I don't know. He, he's probably, uh, you know, you, you look at, you saw that too, right? Yeah. I, no, I mean, I mean, I know what you mean. I, I, so I, it's funny hearing you guys perspective. Cause like, you know, I actually know the guys, you know what I mean? I, right. I know him pretty well. And like, he is not like that. I, he doesn't seem like one that uh, in the flow of a game where, from an outsider's perspective, man, he should really be seeing the ball more, you know, with the way that he presents himself on the court is he doesn't seem like a selfish player. And it doesn't seem like he gets super frustrated when he doesn't see the ball. And we don't want to see necessarily him get frustrated, but I think that 
making sure that he gets his shots is going to be very important. Does that make more sense, Noah? No, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah. Like he is very like, like his stature is really like that. But not for a fact, he gets mad when he doesn't see the ball. I know he does. He's a Washington kid. He gets mad. I know he does because he. <laughs> you guys don't see it. Like you guys don't see it. But like, like playing basketball with him, like my man's out here out there talking trash like you just don't see it he's real mild-mannered about it he doesn't change his facial expressions but he's out there you know, man he, he, he's a dog if he's in a fight in a bar fight he's just gonna jab you a couple of times when you're not looking and walk away type of thing <laughs> or so quick yeah. nobody's gonna see it so you know like so again i i do would like to see the ball incorporated in his hands more and him be more demanding of it and um because like i said he's not selfish he's not a selfish player he can pass the yeah. ball he knows how to make the right play so I, I I do think that having the ball in his hands a little bit more and him trying to find his shot, you know, because uh like like I said, and then the game seeing the stat sheet and saw he only took shot the ball seven times, like yeah, that's an issue. On the flip side of that though, I thought this tournament was was really really good to Quade Green. Um, I see him starting to really find his flow in the offense, dishing out more than six assists in all three of these games having the big 21-point explosion. But when you have a really good point guard, you want high assist numbers and you want more than 10 points a game, and he's giving that to you right now. Oh, no, Quade is nice. <laughs> he was a McDonald's All-American for a reason. Quade is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, he's dishing out. Well, he's averaging, what, like seven assists a game, something like that, oh, overall for the season. Like, he just, that guy two. does not turn the ball over. Yeah, it's, I want to say it's can... under two. You can see the basketball IQ on him when he's dribbling the ball down the court. No, you know, yeah, his head's, I, always, I, I, his head's I, on a swivel. They got two. They got a great point guard, and then they got another great point guard coming off the bench with Elijah. With both guys that just want to pass the ball and get the offense started. So the ball is moving. You know, that's why the shot selection issue. Like I, that's why I don't understand because the ball gets moved. Like I know, I, yeah. you know, the ball is moving. It's flowing. I don't understand some of the shot selection that they have. But then again, I understand because. Coach Hop has a bunch of one-on-one players this year, like guys that one-on-one. That's what they do, and I understand it. And I and like you need to give guys like that freedom to feel like they can shoot that shot. More than likely, more than likely, they make the shot. Our best offensive threat is our best one-on-one player. You know, that's kind of how the offense has been all year. You know, mm-hmm. and Isaiah Stewart. So he just plays a different type of one-on-one. You know, where McDaniel's yeah. is is face-to-face with the guy, and, and Isaiah Stewart has his back to the basket. Most definitely. It's like there's a whole different team dynamic from this year's team to last year's team. But there, there is some possessions where I do – there are – you know, they're they're young. It's, it's not at like they're not a young team. Like, they're a young team. And so there's, there's times where we need somebody to step up and be like, all right, we don't need no – we don't – we need to get a good open shot this time. We have – it's been four possessions we haven't scored, you know. And they're going on their right. own. All right, let's slow it down. Let's run the play and let's uh, get the open shot. Make the open shot. Don't shoot the okay. It's a little contested, but like, it's whatever. He's not really gonna get it. Like I can, you know, I can let it fly. And so yeah. I think that's one thing that they're missing is uh, is an older older guy on the team just telling them like, hey, look, okay, okay, I know you can make that shot, but hold up, look at the time and score, you know. Let's slow down. Let's, 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 let's run this play. Get the open, open shot, and let's see one go in the basket real quick. Let's see. Let's see a shot of yours just going real quick, and then think twice about shooting that next pull up. He just hit it from that spot, open. You know. You know that's really interesting because I think back to your guys's senior year 
where you would see times where David Crisp would really attack the basket. But I think the best shot of his maturation as, as the point guard, uh, as the guy who was the offense ran, uh, you know, he ran the offense was those times where you guys would go on droughts. And instead of being aggressive, aggressive, he would pull back and then you'd see them recommit to getting the ball into the post into you uh, and then letting the offense flow through that, that would allow players like um, Matisse uh, or Dominic to end up either finding that open shot or you being able to go, uh, you know, you being left uh, one-on-one. And um, I don't think they've done that a few times this year. They did it at the end of the game after uh, Nas missed that three, they were down four. the next possession. They got it into Stewart and he had fantastic position Uh, and he was able to make the bucket before the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the, uh, Mm -hmm. before the double team even came. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's all a part of being uh, the maturation process. No, nah, yeah, no, like like Quade, what Quade, what that red shirt year, you know that that does a lot for 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 a guy because you you know you get a year of just like practicing, learning, and Quade's mature for the point guard position already. Like already sure. that year and being with Coach Conrad, like it really did help him. Uh, and he's he's a lot more mature. But I I do think uh I do think sometimes in those situations like once you you got to really notice the time the time and score and it's like okay well. We haven't. We got to get a good bucket. We gotta. We gotta slow it down and let's go back to our bread and butter real quick. It was working all first half. So a team learns because you can't really stop that. That's too. It's too. Bread, bread. All right, double it. All right. Uh, I'm not hearing it. They're they're going to make open threes. You know what I mean? Like 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 uh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going like they're wide. They're open. Like they're, they're, I I I have. Total, no doubt, hands that they're gonna make when they don't have to sit there and dribble into it. They sit there, you know. Those shots are going to fall eventually. It's basket. It's the basketball gods. You know what I mean? Everybody, it's the best. It's, it's it's gonna go in. Like it's, eventually, it's gonna go in. And so, I I just think that if they just see, they just gotta in those situations just slow it down and just find like make the right play. It's it's time for this defense to find its consistency because. We're now what seven days away from conference play, you, you know. So uh, yeah, so it's it's and the conference is tough this year too. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, unfortunately, conference. This this is my awesome uh, transition into conference play right here. That's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> Segway. Segway. Uh, unfortunately, they get UCLA first, seven and five, and kind of kind of stumbling. They they've played nah, some cool. really okay. tough opponents. They lose to a BYU, a BYU team that's. Not all that good. I, I've watched UCLA a couple of times this year, and it seems like they don't have any one player that is. They lost to Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Hofstra. Those are those are three really good teams. Oh, and Michigan State. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My God. Okay. okay, okay. My God. <laughs> My God. That's a tough. That's a tough non-conference. Okay. That is tough. I mean, I make some. I mean, those are no such thing as a good loss, but losing to those schools is not bad. Right. But um, sitting here thinking, I'm like. They got rid of all their like all their guys that are good pros. They they all left last year. So like Chris yeah, Smith they're is super young. Person. He left and then came back. He left and then came back. Back like on the East Coast, because you know there's an East Coast bias on all everything when it comes to who yeah. everything is an East Coast bias. Over on the East Coast, I didn't know what the hell when I was growing up, I didn't know who the hell what, what the hell Washington, University of Washington was. But you know what I did know? What the hell, yeah. the hell UCLA was. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. UCLA, uh, to, yeah. for what's good for Pac-12 recruiting is you need to have the you need to have UCLA up there as one of the best. Like, you have to be good. Like you, it's yeah. it's UCLA. UCLA, Arizona. We've talked about that on our football podcast. Like USC should be a hell of a lot better, but yeah, they keep yeah, like you, with that coach yeah. that they got. No, yeah, you you gotta it, like those, like especially UC, USC and football. Like, like just the help the the like those schools have to be the, like you have to be top five in the conference every year. Like it's not like it's it's just it's just not it's not right. <laughs> it's not right. Drive the narrative. You're exactly right. UCLA in basketball or USC in football, if they're down, it, it the narrative yeah, exactly. across the country it's, is it's, 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 it's exactly. down. Exactly. Like when the year in the year uh my junior year when we didn't make the tournament and we was we was messing uh, most of the uh most of the teams up and we were, we were beating some of the uh, some of the good teams and like we were like we were we were up there they're like let's the Pac twelve's having a bad year and it's just because like those are the name brand schools for the conference, you know. Yeah. Washington is getting there in the, for football in the last seven years, and um, you know, I mean, basketball is just starting its 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 ascend up. But like, yeah, you you have to like names of uh, the faces of the Pac twelve pro uh Pac twelve whole network, especially back east, you know, and that and then right. that means everything. All right, guys, there you have it. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review. Please give us those five stars. Tell your friends about us. For more amazing daily content, go to si.com forward slash college forward slash Washington. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go, go dogs.